Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? I just hope we win another game. It is playoff season, folks. That was my best impression I could do, and it still sucked. Um, (laughs) Most of your leagues, guys, on the college side are probably, if they didn't kick off last week, they're kicking off this week, those playoffs. So we are going to try to get you guys set up the best we can. Let's win some championships here, guys. That's what this is all about. Colin, are you you, you, you a contender for a couple uh, titles this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I know you guys post a lot of your transparency threads on, on Twitter and, and you and Matt and, um, PJ's done it a couple of times. Definitely appreciate that, but I don't have the desire to put that much effort into transparency, but, um, yeah, I have two leagues there. I, I'm looking like a strong contender in, and, um, a couple leagues where I saw the writing on the wall and started selling off parts early. Yeah, your your answers to why you don't do transparency threads makes me feel like you have something to hide. Oh, was, I don't. It's, it was very it's, sketchy. It's just very lazy. I, I don't have the time, I swear. Uh, <laughs> a likely story. Bum, bum, bum. All right, guys. Let's, uh, we're going to talk at the pretty standard show here for us. Uh, there's a lot of news, like injury kind of stuff. We just want to keep you guys aware of a lot of different situations. So you're, you're attentive Saturday morning when uh, you're not blindsided by anybody that maybe is ruled out. We have a couple headlines for you. Got some nice waiver wire, guys. It's a nice mix of stashes and, and a name or two that might help you win down the stretch here. And then, as always, we have our start sits. We had a monster week last week uh, in a good way on that end of things. We'll talk about that here uh, you know, at the end of the show, as we usually do, before we kick off your call. And this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, the Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, um, was that fantasy triple or triple play fantasy? fantasy yeah, triple play, play fantasy yeah. football. I think we decided that. Yeah, was it's, last it's, week. it's their new football. It's their football show. I believe is the only one that's on there. They do a bunch of other stuff as well, though, guys. Uh, a lot of good people over there. So check that out. And then we also have the fantasy points podcast itself. And you can follow all of those in one place on Twitter at fantasy points live or check out uh, their weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group. Colin, let's go right into news here we do these um sports center style i i am obviously Stuart scott i don't know who you are um because i'm just that cool um dan patrick who, who, dan patrick who who is your favorite guy growing up on the on those shows you can't say Stuart scott like i the, the, let's just assume that he because yeah, i think that's the Stu, obvious answer yeah Stu's the obvious one yeah. um i liked dan patrick um S, i liked svp but yeah. i don't think he, did he do was he part of the deuce he part of espn too like that whole i think crew? he i think he was on sports center when i was younger if i remember correctly okay. then then i would probably then i might go svp i think he was one of my favorites too um yeah they, well, it's man the memories the memories nostalgia uh, to be young again okay news time Colin. let's let's buckle down give these people what they need Bijan robinson guys the running back everybody knows including my grandmother suffered a neck injury this week during the game left they are calling it a sprain for right now there is no word on whether he plays this week or not this is something where obviously you've probably been relying on him for most of the year if roshan johnson is available on your wire and you have uh, a pickup or something to burn 
I would probably go grab Roshan Johnson just to be safe. Um, because you know, you never know with some of these guys. Uh, we also had Cole Turner uh left this week's game against San Jose State with a early with a possible concussion. Definitely something to be monitoring as the week goes on. I imagine a lot of you in the playoffs have Cole Turner. Uh there's not a lot of other great tight ends out there, so he's definitely been a difference maker. So definitely something to keep an eye on. I slayed the Cole Turner team in the league that I played in last week in the playoffs. <laughs> so ha ha, he's no longer saved everybody uh uh, some 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 sweating late because they always play so late over there on the West Coast. Jerome Ford, guys, suffered a leg injury uh, and since he's a win this past weekend is questionable. I, I've not seen an update since Saturday as to what his potential status will be. Again, just something to monitor. Not sure a backup is going to be worth this the ad there, though, guys. That just might be a situation where if Ford is out, we're just not starting a Cincy running back. Uh, yeah, I would agree on that one there. Um, we also had Phil Jerkovic return from the dead this past week. Um, played on Friday night. It looked a little rusty, but you got to feel better about that offense as a whole, especially including Jay Zay Flowers moving forward with Jerkovic at the helm. Next up here, uh, DJU, you know, this, this was the week for lower leg injuries, apparently. DJU suffered a knee injury, returned to the game with a big brace on there, um, looked a little hobbled, so we'll see. I could see some rest potentially this week. I hope you weren't planning on starting him, really, you know, if you were relying on that. They do get UConn. I have UMass on here, but it's UConn. Um, so that that's kind of a, the free space of college football this year. They, they might rest him. So I would just keep an eye on that if you really, really need a DJU this week. Um, Grayson McCall was a surprise out this past week with an upper body injury. Uh, the school has ruled him out indefinitely with no timeline for return. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't even know who the backup was before this week. Um, so this is definitely something to monitor for all of your Chanticleers. Yeah, that 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 puts starting uh, Haile and Isaiah likely in some doubt uh, for sure. Anthony Richardson sat out this week with an injury. I had heard concussion originally, but there was a story today that he heard himself dancing at the team hotel. I, I honestly don't know. So we'll Saw just say he too. was out with an injury, whatever it was. Um, it is not clear if he will return to start this week for a Florida team that looks like they've given up. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely looks like Florida has, has thrown in the towel here early. Uh, Blake Corum left Michigan's win over Indiana this week. No news yet on his status moving forward. Uh, but that could make, uh, Hassan Haskins an intriguing option down the stretch if he does miss some significant time. Yeah. I debated putting him as a, a start this week. Um, Haskins. Yes. Yes. Mm. I did not do it, but contemplated um deandre tory uh running back there for north texas left this week's game with an ankle injury another guy we don't really have much of an update for at this particular time um but uh another name that you probably uh let's put him on the bench for now guys and and maybe shift them if you hear some positive news here later in the week uh, Tyrese Ritchie also left NIU's game early with a leg injury. He was carted off. Uh, it looked fairly serious. No update there either, but that really opened the door for um, 
redshirt freshman Trayvon Rudolph to have a massive, massive game this past week. Definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver for Ohio State, missed this week's game. He was in concussion protocol. I have searched, 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 guys. I have not seen any sort of update on whether he'll return or not. It, I mean, it doesn't sound like a significant long-term thing here besides his, you know, it's his brain. Who needs that? But, um, I mean, I, I, there is no clue as to what his status will be this week. So another one to monitor uh, for his sake and for Alave and JSNs. Um, speaking of no real updates, no real update on Zach Evans, uh, who was supposedly out with a foot injury, or Max Dugan, who missed last week as well. Um, TCU may not miss Dugan that much. That may be a conversation we come up with a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me. And then the last one here, guys, Jacob Cowing, wide receiver for UTEP, left uh, their game uh, late in the second half with a shoulder injury. I've I've read that he's expected to play, but I think it's just something to keep an eye on. And if you have a better option this week, maybe you're not playing him. Um, so just something to keep in the back of your head as you're making some decisions. All right, guys, that is the news. Let's dive into headlines here, Colin. We've just got a couple this week. Uh, speaking of uh, of Max Dugan there. Welcome to the party, Mr. Chandler Morris, quarterback there uh, for TCU. He is Chad Morris's son. Do you remember Chad Morris? He's a head Chad coach. Michael at... Morris. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys. Chad Michael Murray. Sorry, that's Chad Michael Murray. Sorry, uh, I believe he was the head coach at Arkansas there for a hot second. Um, I believe he's now coaching high school football in Texas, but he's been around. This is his son, according to 24-7, and I think they – would probably know that um, he crushed it this week against Baylor led that upset. Um, I'm trying to pull up exactly what his completion. So he was 29 for 41, 461 yards, two touchdowns. He added 70 yards on the ground and a touchdown there. Um, this offense looked a hell of a lot better than it's ever looked with Max Dugan. new coaching staff, new year. I mean, what are we thinking of Chandler Morris? Uh, I mean, Chandler Morris was uh, a fairly highly thought of recruit. He was a four-star guy, went to Oklahoma. Uh, I think we're seeing maybe why uh, Lincoln Riley was a little worried about him going to TCU. Uh, he wanted him to uh, – they tried to block that transfer, I believe. I uh, think that ended up losing because um, I think he transferred this past year. Um, but yeah, he was yeah, class it, of 2020, so – yeah. 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 So he yeah, transfers this past year here. Lincoln Riley didn't want to see him go, uh, especially in the Big 12. And I think we're seeing why he looked really good. I'm not going to lie. I'm still very much in favor of schools blocking um, in in conference transfers. But that might, might just be me. I'm just I'm such a boomer piece of crap. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't like it. You're such a like it. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're definitely part of the bourgeoisie. There's there's a hundred and there's one hundred and ten other schools to choose from. Not a man of the people. So no, um, I actually I actually agree with you on that. Um I you think you have the city year. You have the city year if you do it. Yeah. I think in conference, um, in division, then you know, sure, you know, you can say, yeah, make him sit for an extra year. Because like you said, there are a lot of other schools to go to. You should definitely open up, you know, and let people have that one time transfer waiver for free. I like that. That's good for the sport. Um, but you know, you, you shouldn't make these these schools suffer too much for going with players that they deem are better. And obviously, they're not always right. 
but you know they should they're they're they shouldn't be penalized by having to face that other so colin let's da- let's daydream here for a second on this okay. so a tcu has fired gary patterson a coach that was notoriously a defensive-minded guy there uh, for his reign, I don't think that you know we're saying anything there that that is controversial or or untrue. There is a th- there are some names floating around. There are three in particular, and one of the big names there being rumored uh, for that TCU head coaching job is Sonny Dykes, the head coach at SMU, uh, an offensive-minded guy and a guy that has had a lot of success in that regard. Let's imagine for a second that they hire Sonny Dykes. They have Chandler Morris there who, you know, plays a little bit more down the stretcher, looks really good. You have Quentin Johnston, who's at least back for another year. Let's let's imagine Zach Evans comes back for another year. You've got DJ Allen coming in next year. You've got Kendry Miller. You've got some real DJ Rogers, a tight end. You've got weapons there. Is this the a, a scenario where this could be a high-flying TCU offense, which is like something I never would have dreamt about saying three months ago i mean they have a lot of pieces they do um i like sunny dykes too i mean i like that offensive scheme you know there's a reason that uh tanner mordecai was a guy that i was targeting you know all home outcast baby there you go and maybe he makes it a two-peat but uh yeah there's a reason i was i was targeting tanner mordecai and you know yeah he was a fairly high recruit and you know you like some of the traits there but i really liked that offensive system and if he can bring that to TCU with, and he would have to keep, uh, he would obviously have to keep Zach Evans there, um, you know, have to keep Quentin Johnson there. Although I don't think that's really that much in doubt. But then they bring in DJ Allen. Um, they have a uh, DJ. Did they bring in DJ Rogers, the guy who was like going to go to Cal, and then you you didn't listen to a word I said earlier, did you? I listen. I tune it out. <laughs> I said DJ Rogers. Did you say yeah. DJ Rogers? Okay. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Yes. Um, so yeah, they, I, I don't think he goes by DJ Rogers anymore, though. I think it's DeAndre. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, they a lot of options there. My only question there is: is TCU really that much better of a job than SMU? It's a good question. I mean, it's a it's a shift up uh, to a Power Five team. Uh, TCU's had some recent years, and obviously, for for ninety five percent of these guys, the money is the issue. Right. So I don't know if they can pay him more money. I, I, if if, uh, if two coaches came to your school, you were a, a pretty high level recruit there in Texas. The TCU coach came and the SMU coach came. We, it, it, it's probably a little easier to recruit there as well. I think so. I think so. so. I, I think I think all those things probably play in there a little bit. Um, who's to say? Um, and there's are and there's weapons in place, so it's not like he has to go in there and and rebuild everything from scratch. Where if he were to take that job, I don't know. I, we're right. daydreaming here, Colin. Let me right. daydream. And it, while we're daydreaming, I mean, if Chandler Morris, let's say this is just a flash in the pan, there's going to be plenty of quarterbacks out there that you know, Sonny Dykes, if he doesn't like, you just got to look on your face. What if he brings Preston Stone over with him? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh, now we're now. This is like Inception. We got a double daydream going on over here. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, you know, he if he doesn't like what he has in Chandler Morris, there's going to be plenty of other options that he could bring somebody in if he really wanted to. Yeah, it did. The sky is the limit at a school like TCU. I should be there 80 
You if really they, should. Yeah. They need an athletic director. Uh, give me a call, guys. All right. The For other frogs. <laughs> is that what they do? I think Co- Colin like did like a little horn thing on his head and it kind of looked goofy. I doubt that's what they do. I'm pretty right. sure it is. Let me look it up. Keep going. Okay. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll stall. And you, while I'm doing this, no, we're just going to move on. And then you uh, get back to me. All right. Jackson Smith and Jigba, guys. Uh, speaking of coming out parties, he's had a couple oh, of. It's this. It wasn't even close. That wasn't even close. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, onward and upward now. JSN, he's had a 7, 145, and two against Oregon earlier this year. And he's had five for 103. I mean, he's had big games, but 15 catches. An Ohio State rec, single game record, 240 yards, 10 yards short of the Ohio State record, and a touchdown to go along with it. Probably would I Ohio State probably would have lost this game without him against Nebraska. Look, look, the kids got pedigree. I mean, I think there was no doubt that he was probably a top five wide receiver in this class. Uh, he's been number two far and away for me. Uh, the third guy's not really particularly close. Um, is there can we can we is he in the discussion for wide receiver one Colin? no no i don't believe so um Keyshawn Boutte is going to have one of the best prospect profiles coming out that we've seen in in quite some time um you know say what you want jamar chase had that phenomenal year but it was just one year you know he didn't really do that much as a freshman obviously sat out his junior year as well Keyshawn Boutte had a very nice freshman year uh, was having a really nice year this year before the injury and assuming that he doesn't pull a Felix sharp and sit his junior year, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how he puts up his junior year, but I imagine it would be very similar production. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I'm on the record, both on this pod and David debate is saying that I think he's the most talented wide receiver in that Ohio state room. He was my wide receiver one in his high school class when they came out. There was no shame in him shifting to wide receiver two after last year in my eyes because it was just Keishon Boutte was otherworldly. I don't think he touches Keishon Boutte unless uh, there, there's a, only one or two scenarios where I think he gets close. One, Keishon Boutte comes back next year and looks terrible. I think at that point you start to worry about what the injury possibly did to him or, or things like that, and, and Boutte catches up. The other one, uh, Boutte would have to go out there and just win the Heisman essentially <laughs> like 140 catches like like the Crabtree Texas Tech big year where he had like 1900 yards and just like a 400 it was how many fancy points did he score like 450 or something stupid just something absurd I yeah. wasn't playing college football back then but I'm sure it was something absurd yeah so I he would have to have that kind of a year in my opinion to catch Boutte just uh, the gap is too big to catch up but re- re- regardless Tier one guy for me, um, I think if it would, I, I would not shock me if when we get to the end of next year, he has like a top half of the first round grade from me. I mean, he's just a really good player. Dominant. He's like high, a Texas high school's all time leading receiver or something like that. A, a, in a at a six A school, I believe. Uh, so he's, I mean, this isn't coming out of nowhere. No, it's really not. And you know that kind of goes to show you that. You know, him and, and Parker Washington and, and Marvin Mims, all guys who like dominated high level football in Texas there as wide receivers. Definitely something to keep an eye on because those guys have a pretty good hit rate. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. All right, Colin, let's, um, let's 
go into waiver wire a little bit here. I, I think we have some some inter- well, actually, no, Colin. So I want to ask you one other thing here. Um, this, this is not on the show, show sheet. sheet at all. No. So I tweeted out earlier today. Um, I tweeted out that we have. Uh, I, I put four running backs down. I said Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, all guys in the 2023 running back class. I said just everybody rank them, one through four. Give me your answers. I'm going to compile. This is in a very non-scientific way, everybody's answers, and I'm going to crank out just a very small piece that I'm going to call consensus here. Do you have, do you have, uh, first off, what are, what, are, how would you order them, Colin? I'll say how I'll order them, and then I will give the consensus and we can discuss that. Uh, I think I have a feeling my order is going to be very similar to the consensus. Um, I don't have my rankings pulled up here directly in front of me, but I very it's four running backs calling. I was gonna say I'm in an order. I was gonna say I feel very confident in this. Um I would have Gibbs, Evans, Tank, Tucker. So I match that. Does not match consensus. Interesting. Does not match consensus. I feel like Tank is probably ahead of Evans. Yep. You know what? I think Tank is probably number one. No, so no, okay. uh, no, so here it okay. went. Uh, so it's only one through four. It's kind of hard to you know get a big separator here, but just on average, there were tw- I got twenty five responses. Jameer Gibbs was first, an average of one point four one. Tank Bigsby was second, two point five five. Zach Evans two point eight two, and then Sean Tucker three point two three. So kind of Jameer Gibbs clear one. Bigsby Evans, not much separating for two, three. And then Sean Tucker, and he actually got, let me just count here really quick. He got over half of the fours of the group, which is, I don't think is necessarily offensive to him. It's just no some really good backs ahead of him there. I mean, does that, is it surprise you that Tank is still in front of Evans? I got a lot of answers that said they don't trust Zach Evans. I know they got a lot of answers that I know people. So there's some people out there who don't trust Zach Evans right now. And um, I believe Alfred mentioned something like that when we were talking in our Slack mm-hmm. the other day too. I just, I, I haven't seen anything that makes me think he's, you know, an absolute knucklehead still. I mean, you know, he had the whole removing his stuff from social media, um, you know, but it seems like he put most of that immaturity behind him. I know he got suspended at the very beginning of the year, right. For like a half, um yeah but gary patterson or a quarter or something yeah yeah it was not gary patterson's a pretty old school coach so that could have literally just been missing curfew you know um so i'm inclined to overlook some of the potential off-field issues with evans and look at what he's done on the field this year uh you know he's been phenomenal when he's been playing he's been banged up now and if I had to guess, like, I think he, he was probably going to leave with the whole Gary Patterson leaving thing, removing TCU from Twitter and Instagram or whatever. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing for his future to, to get out of TCU and go somewhere else. So it does surprise me a little bit that people still have Tank over Evans. Tank, so Tank is really interesting, and I actually have had wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about him on the show for a while that wasn't just around his knuckleheadedness or or things like that. So I think this is a good time um, to do it. Do you remember J.K. Dobbins' second year at Ohio State? Mm-hmm. 
I know we can't always just blanket compare some of these, you know, players across different years, different schools, different coaches, but JK Dobbins had a phenomenal freshman year at Ohio state um, really broke out in a big way. People were very excited for him there um, with the Buckeyes as a true freshman. He played in 14 games, had 1400 yards, averaged 7.2 yards per carry, seven touchdowns, had 22 catches. I mean, just every, like it was, it was him. It was um, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Like those were the names that everybody was talking about after that first year. His second year at Ohio State 2018, he kind of took a little bit of a backseat to Mike Weber. He had just over 1,000 yards that year in more carries. Only averaged 4.6 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. Had a bunch of catches again, but he just looked significantly worse. And I think a lot of people, including myself, said, oh no, J.K. Dobbins actually isn't very good. Look at this other guy who's outperforming him on his own team. We learned much later that J.K. Dobbins was injured for most of that year. In the third year, he came back and Shocker ran for over 2,000 yards, had almost seven yards per carry again, 21 touchdowns, a buttload of catches, and went in the second round of the NFL draft. The second year tank Bigsby thing, to me, feels very analogous to that situation where you have a teammate, Jarquez Hunter, who everybody is, is falling all over saying, is Jarquez better than Tank Bigsby? Is Tank Bigsby not as good as we thought he was? What do you, do you see a parallel there? You think I'm just crazy? No, I think there's definitely a parallel to be drawn there. Um, I, I think a lot of the, what had to do with Dobbins was the injury. And for whatever reason, Urban Meyer's perplexing it, it, issue with going with some of these upperclassmen questionable um, decision making for yeah Meyer. not the first time we've heard that right so I, I think that played a little bit of it um brian the thing that concerns me the most is brian harson in the past has had a tendency to lean on one guy and he's not doing that with tank he's not a guy that you you know we thought that brian harson going there was going to be a boon for tank we thought he was going to be a smash this year in cff um, and that really has not been the case. So I think my biggest concern there is the fact that he's splitting touches. The coach is splitting touches and it's not a coach that normally does that. Now I'll be very interested to hear if he has any sort of an injury. Uh, if he doesn't, then I don't necessarily know if the parallel is, is hundred percent accurate. Now, one thing I will say is I don't think Jarquez Hunter is a, sl a slouch at all by any means. You know, he looks pretty solid. So it's it's not a huge negative that he's splitting touches with Hunter for me. But it is enough of a negative that it pushed him behind Evans for me. So you just led me perfectly into into my follow-up here. That's what, that's what we do. Thank you so much. You, unknowingly, unwittingly, you fell into my trap. <laughs> I do that a lot. I think Tank Bigsby's hurt. There have been some rumors this year that he's a little banged up. I think he's hurt. I don't think we'll know until years later, just like we did with J.K. Dobbins. Right. I, I really, really do. And for for the like, I think anybody that is you know listened to this podcast for any length of time knows that you know I've consistently said I think Tank Bigsby was always a step below Jameer Gibbs. I right. think he's not as creative as a runner as I would have liked. I think the vision can be spotty at times. I think that he 
is sometimes uncertain about which tool to use, which I think is is a very important skill for running back. Sometimes he he wants to use power when maybe he sh- he he should not be. Um, but I I still think he's better. I, I like we're just I, I, he's getting the J.K. Dobbins treatment. This is just screaming in the back of my head. I might be buying a lot of Tank Bigsby this offseason if his price continues to kind of dip a little bit. Because Jarka's Hunter over the past four or five games since they've gotten to the SEC schedule has done nothing. Like they just haven't really been able to run the ball at all. I think part of it is the offensive line isn't very good. Part of it is they don't respect, teams don't respect Bo Nix. I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons. But so, I mean, there's a lot of things coming together here. I'm going to be buying myself some tank. I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, I, I think he's a buy this offseason as well. Um, you know, the value on him, the perception on him is definitely down from where it was. And while it's, I think, at least somewhat warranted, it's still, he's still a discount. Um, he's still in my top 10 running backs for sure, comfortably. I want to say he's seven for me. I don't have it off the top of my head here, but I want to say he's like right about seven for me. So still a very good running back. I regret not asking where Jace McClellan and Kendall Milton fell in this just because I wanted to see how people like if people have broken that mental barrier between them and Sean Tucker. I personally have Tucker has jumped both those guys for me, but I don't I think that's probably not consensus if I had to guess. I think and we're about to update our our rankings. Those are going to come out tomorrow morning. Um, So if you're listening to this Tuesday morning, they have just been released. Boom. But. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tucker jumped Milton for me. He's not jumped McClellan for me yet, but we just haven't seen enough of McClellan with that injury. You know, I liked what I saw last year. I liked a lot of the explosiveness, uh, and I think he's going to have an opportunity there next year uh, with Brian Robinson Jr. You know, going to be all gone. Yeah, I mean, he was good in his pass catching role this year, um, so I, I, I like him a lot as well. All right, let's. Um... Uh, sorry to spring that on you. I think we had a nice discussion there, though. You and me. I think so. we did too. You know, um, I enjoy. I, I wish I, I do too. I wish I had been slightly prepared for it, but that's fine. This is more fun this way. This is more fun this way. Um, all right, Colin. Let's talk waiver wire this week. Uh, we didn't have a lot of names last week. We had Malachi Thomas for the second week in a row, and I could have put him on here again for a third week. I'm not going to do that. Um, Andrell Anthony was the other guy, wide receiver, true freshman there at Michigan. Uh, who had that big game against Michigan State. I've got, uh, what do we have here today, Colin? Five names. One or two of them could help you contend this year. The rest are stashes. We're kind of at that point in the year. So I'll I'll go on the first one here, Colin. Logan Diggs, a true freshman running back there at Notre Dame. I think everybody was really into Audric Esteem or Estime or however you say his name for some weird reason. Um Plotter, guys. Plotter. P-L-O-D-D-E-R. He is a plotter. But Logan Diggs is not. Logan Diggs is pretty good athletic back there. Kyron Williams is potentially leaving after this season. And Diggs over the past three weeks has seen a massive jump in snaps. He's getting basically none. He had one week where he had a few in a blowout. Other than that, um, he had zero snaps. And he's gone 13, 22, and 12 the past three weeks. He's gone uh, in back-to-back games, 11-42 and one on the ground, and then 8-59 and one on the ground. I think this is a guy that I'm starting to stash because if Kyron Williams leaves, that value just rocket ship straight up. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. 
Um, I am very glad that this isn't going to drop till tomorrow morning. And uh, it's just really you and me competing for him on waivers because he's a guy that I had on my eye, my eye on here as well, as as well as the next guy on the list here. Um, definitely somebody I'm going to be looking to stash here. That's Chandler Morris, uh, 1% owned. That's a guy that we talked about a little bit earlier. Looked really good. Max Dugan has not. Gary Patterson's no longer there, so... They don't really have any ties to to, um, to Dugan. The rest of the staff is kind of coaching, hoping that they can find jobs elsewhere, most likely. So I think it's going to be Chandler Morris' time. And if he continues to show out, then he's going to be another rocket ship. Yeah, he's a guy that I'm I'm aggressively targeting. Well, we'll call it. Well, that's how we'll label this uh, this week. Um, third on the list here. I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't watch this kid. He's a true freshman. I didn't watch this kid at all last year. Um, Ra Ra Thomas at the uh, Mississippi State there tore, tore it up this weekend against Arkansas. Uh, he's been getting snaps all season, but he has seen an increase in production here since week eight. He's gone uh, the past three games five for 52 and one, one for 25 and one. And then this past weekend, four for 63 and two. I don't know. I mean, am I am I ready to be hurt by another uh, Mississippi State uh, wide receiver that that could or could not uh, do nothing next year? Yes, yes, I'm ready to get hurt again. So si- sign me up for Ra Ra Thomas. Why not? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on for sure because we know we want the wide receivers in Mississippi State's offense, if nothing for their CFF value that they can provide. You know, look at Malachi Polk this year. Um, next guy we got uh, Daquan. Finn, 3% owned, quarterback for uh, Toledo. Yep. Yeah. Quarterback for Toledo. He's a guy that we had mentioned on here before. And he's definitely, you know, we talked about him as more of a stash towards looking towards next year, but he's stringing a couple of nice games together here. So uh, you're probably not going to start him if you're a contender, but if you're not and you're looking towards the future, definitely a guy to go get. I mean, even now, like if you're in a pinch, the, the past five weeks, he's had 28, 16, 24, 18, and 18 points. I mean, that's not like the, the worst thing ever. I had to start Jackson Dart in the league last week. I mean, <laughs> you never really – I, I won that Chase match. Garbers. Too. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Chase Garbers, for getting COVID, you jerk. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I he could be playable this year. Who the heck knows? Last name, guys, Trayvon Rudolph. Uh, 2% rostered. I'm assuming that's going to skyrocket. Trayvon Rudolph over the past two games, Colin. 20 catches, 469 yards, and five touchdowns. What's he have on the year? Probably very, very close to that. 21 catches, 400. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure it was really close to that, actually. I I don't know what he has on the the year, but um, that let me see here. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Because you said, what, 20 for four... 60 something yeah he has 32 for 639 and seven on the year yeah so he like more than doubled his production you know what guys this is an interesting discussion Uh, and we'll probably have it at a a bigger more encompassing you know prepared point at time at some point in time but these mac guys like they might not do much in conference but like if you don't have a lot of mac guys at this point this season you're probably feeling not very good about your chances to win anything like, look at last week with Jack Sorensen, with Khalil Pimpleton, with Trayvon Rudolph, with Justin Hall. I Justin mean, just Hall. That's what I just said, right? Did I, did I not just say Justin Hall? You cut it in and out. 
Oh, my bad. Justin, okay, okay. Justin Hall, <laughs> uh, Brian Kobach, and not not a receiver, but I mean, these guys all had huge games, and you're probably feeling like it, it's it's intimidating when you wake up on Thursday morning and you go and you look at your fan tracks lineup and you're down by like 95 already. And the other guy has had two people play. And that's just the nature of these matching games. The lowest scoring one combined was like 68 points this past week. Moral of the story though, definitely be sure to set your lineups Monday night or Tuesday morning. Um, I was behind and did not set my lineup on Tuesday. I didn't set it until, uh, Tuesday night after the games had already started. And I left Bryant Kobach, Justin Hall, and Jack Sorensen on my bench. Idiot. It could have been like 140 points. Something so, like that. Yeah, that sounds guys. about right. Yeah. 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 So and there are there are three games this Tuesday, everybody. Yes. So if you're listening to this Tuesday this morning, yes. Go go set your lineups. Uh, yes. Fortunately, that was a league where I'm actually already out. And I mean, I'm like, I'll make the back into the playoffs i think but like i don't have a realistic shot at it dude i had a couple bad beats this week i'm not very happy about it um really really effed up some playoff seating for me <laughs> we won't go into that here though all right colin um let's go last little bit of the show here start sits I'll lay it out here for everybody real quick so we have we each pick 10 names 10 starts 10 sits we do not share our list with each other ahead of time I do not believe so for for reasons that we will talk about in a few minutes. I don't think we each have 10 sits this week. No, uh, we have fewer than 10 sits. It's a very weird slate, guys. Um, you're going to be winning some playoff games, uh, some high scoring affairs. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so, yeah, we each choose our names ahead of time. We don't share them. They can be overlapping. And these are supposed to be non-obvious, guys. So again, we're not telling you to start. Uh, Bijan Robinson. We're not telling you to start uh, Travion Henderson. Uh, we're giving you um, some slightly deeper names for CFF purposes. I mentioned earlier, Colin, we had a monster week last week. Do you want to know how much of a monster week it was? How much of a monster week was it? So usually, guys, we go like nine and eight. Like we are inching above 500 every week. This past week, I went 14 and six and Colin went 11 and eight. We kind of crushed it this past week when it came to this. Um, both both did really, really well. I am up to 94 and 77 on the year. Colin is up to 88 and 77. Um, Colin, you've had a lot of guys get injured. You had that I, one week where you had like six people get injured. Yeah, last week I had Chase Garbers. Yep. Chase Garbers at play. Yeah. So so, um, so that that is what we are doing here. Colin, you usually kick off the starts, right? So I'll, I'll let you take this away. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, my first start here is the Florida quarterback. Uh, whoever starts the game, I'm starting them this week. They play Samford this week. Not a good team. Everybody has been just absolutely shitting on Florida all week. I guarantee they're listening to it. Dan Mullen, you know, some people are kind of questioning, is he on the hot seat here? I think this is a week where they come out and make a big statement win over a pretty weak team. Um, so if it is, if it is Anthony Richardson, you know, if he uh, didn't hurt himself dancing too bad, I'm definitely starting him. But even if it's Emory Jones, I'm comfortable starting him just given that rushing ability. And it's a noon game. So it's not like you have to play some uh, some Russian roulette there with your lineup to figure right. that out if you've got both of them or, or one or the other. All right. I'm going to kick it off, Colin. I, I'm starting Will Shipley this week if I got him. Clemson plays UConn. I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John Lobb. I'm sorry, John Love. Uh, I know you're you're the only UConn fan I know. 
uh, as far as football goes. But I mean, UConn is just an atrocious team in basically all facets of the game. Um, and uh, Shipley is back. Looked good. I mean, he didn't have a great rushing game this past week, but he returned that kickoff for a touchdown. So I, it's, I think he's going to have a nice week. I also have Will Shipley on my list for the same reasons you did. Um, they play UConn. <laughs> because UConn. Yeah, that's literally yeah. all I wrote here. Yeah, I mean, he also he did disappoint last week, um, 15 for 47 and one catch for zero yards. But before that, it was starting to look like he was you know, going to be the guy getting going, and he at least had 15 carries. Especially if they rest you know, DJ or something like that, and, and they have Tyson... Um... I'm not going to do it. Um, the other guy there. So, um, <laughs> all right. Then it's back to me. Braylon Allen is next up for me. I think he's he's starting to creep into I, I need to start him territory. Uh, and what I especially like about him this week, Northwestern, uh, the past couple games, 141 and one just to Goodson last week. And then they gave up close to 250 uh, in totality the week before that against Minnesota. Chesma Lucy left this past game with an injury. So if he's out, that's just fewer mouths to feed. Um, so Braylon Allen, I think, is a must-start this week if you got him. Yeah, I was going to go with Braylon Allen, too. Um, but I think he's like, he, you're right, he's entering must-start territory there. Um, I mean, what, I think what, what did he score last week, though? Like, I don't even know if he hit 20 points last week. I don't know if he did either, but Ches Malusi being out helps. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying this was like a you're, – I'm not saying you're yeah. cheating or anything. but mm -hmm. That's exactly um, – you saw that – yeah, he scored 18 points last week. So yeah. it was a good week, but wouldn't have quite been a hit for us. Right. And also people with, you know, talking about our records, that 20 point hit threshold is tough. Like I, is. last week I had um, Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples. They both went over 100 yards. They both scored a touchdown. Neither of them hit. Yep. So if you go over 100 yards and have a touchdown and not be a hit for us. Colin and I were lamenting this behind the scenes. Like we, we've had weeks like that the, the two of us have both like because it's, it's college fantasy like the, these guys if they're not scoring 20 points or you know 17 18 19 points like the, that is a a missed opportunity yep for you it really really is so i mean it, it's a lofty goal and for quarterbacks it's higher um and sometimes we'll fudge them a little bit like a couple weeks ago <laughs> i said like matt corral like he's going to score way less than he usually does and he scored like 22 that counted as a hit and yeah. Colin, this past week, you had a couple that were like, you said sit the entire USC offense and like Taj Washington scored 14 or something, but everybody else was below like 10. So like, yeah, we gave you that one too. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did pretty well on my sit offenses, um, USC passing attack and sit LSU. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, in my next start here, uh, I have Zach Charbonnet. Um, he's had a little bit of a rough stretch here. Uh, 35 yards, 65 yards the past two weeks against Utah and Oregon. Um, coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, you, UCLA lost both of those games. Um, Colorado is not great. You know, they give up 153.7 rush yards per game. That's about middle of the pack, maybe a little bit under middle of the pack. Um, but I, I think US, UCLA needs to get the running game going again here, um, get back on track. I think they're going to beat up on Colorado and it does sound like um, DTR is going to play, which is going to help him. I also have Zach Charbonnet um, for, for many of those same, I mean, Colorado like can't stop a nosebleed guys. Like yeah. they're just fucking terrible. So <laughs> uh, my next start, I have Alton McCaskill. Um, he had a big week last week, uh, 125 and three touchdowns. Um, look, we've talked multiple times on here about how bad Temple's run defense is. Uh, Keaton Mitchell had a big week last week. You had the hit on that one. Um, 
you know, they're, they're prone to giving up explosive plays. And I think McCall Cas- Alton McCaskill is going to have a big week. So we might, uh, we might have some people listening to this show that aren't necessarily temple fans, guys, the past four games for temple 52 to three, 34, 14, 49 to seven, 45 to three. They were the low team on all of those in case you were <laughs> in case you were, that was unclear as I was saying that. And most of like, they lost by 20 to South Florida by Not 42 to UCF, who is no longer a good team, by 42 to ECU, who is not a good team. I mean, the, it is not like they were playing the gaunt, the murder's row here uh, of games, guys. So, um, a Temple, I think, is it has possibly given up uh, for the year. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I also have Alton McCaskill and Nathaniel Dell. I'm starting both of them this week for Houston. I would start both of them as well. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my next start here, uh, Christian Anderson, uh, quarterback for army. Um, you're going to, I was wondering if you were going to go against Bucknell here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Without mm. a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so he was banged up for a little bit, but he, he came back last week. Uh, air force is a tough run defense. They're a tough defense overall. Um, and that was just a, that was, that was an Academy game. I mean, you knew that was going to be low scoring, but this week, uh, they get Bucknell. Bucknell, um, you know, soft spot in my heart. They are from 15 minutes down the road from me. Love their basketball team. They're a bad FCS football team. They are really bad, and Army is going to run all over them this week. Um, I did not put Christian Anderson. I almost jokingly put all your Army players, but I did not do that. <laughs> you could do that. Um, I, if you have, if if the phrase "all your army players" is applicable to you, you're probably not in the playoffs anyway. Um, <laughs> let's just let's just be honest there. Um, I'm starting Wandale Robinson and Chris Rodriguez. I'm I'm pulling a call on this week. I went 14 and six. I've got some some room to negotiate this week. Um, they play Vanderbilt. And there's nothing else. There's nothing really else that needs to be said about that. I think, and and they're one of those teams where, generally, if they score a lot of points. The two of them have had good games. I know Chris Rodriguez kind of, uh, he only put up like 10 points this past game, but they scored 42 or something like that. I think they'll get him back on track this week. Yeah, I think I, I think they kind of have to get him back on track here because Kentucky's kind of been stumbling here a little bit. So I think they'll probably get back to the ground game. It's a good call. Um, I have BJ Baylor as my next start. Um, they get Stanford. Stanford is just also very, very bad. They're the fourth worst rush defense uh, they give up 234.7 rush yards per game. Uh, and BJ Baylor, I think, is going to run all over him. Um, all right. Next for me here is Jameer Gibbs. Um, so they, Georgia Tech has been a little sharper uh, offensively lately. They've been getting Gibbs some more touches. And just to kind of show, so the first three or four games of the season, he was really like just not very efficient. And I don't think they were really, you know, using him that well. Then they played Pitt, and Pitt can get people back on track there. He had that as the game where he had negative 10 yards rushing, but he had six catches for 125 yards. And since then he's had 122 yards and a touchdown, um, 150 yards and a touchdown, like 160 yards and then this past game had like 130 something and two touchdowns i mean he's been pretty darn good there he's catching a ton of passes um he's almost got 30 on the year already i i think he's startable this week against boston college that is the 94th ranked rush defense in the country yeah i, I think gibbs is a great call and he hasn't been startable for most of the year like, right so I mean, right so it's not cheating i mean he's more yeah. of a debbie name than a cff exactly. name so yeah, exactly. i like that call 
Uh, my next start, Devin Leary. Uh, they get Wake Forest. Um, I think that's going to be a shootout. The over-under right now is 66 and a half. Um, you know, and Devin Leary has been quietly very, very good his past four weeks. Um, 22, uh, 26.5, 28.3, and 26.0 fantasy points the last four weeks. Um, so those are all hits for us, you know, and I think he's, uh, he's definitely going to be an option here for you. Next up for me, uh, George Halani. <laughs> I cannot believe that I'm saying this, um, running back there for Boise who we had basically, well, not basically, we had written him off for dead, uh, here. Uh, he came alive and actually it's really funny. If you're not in the discord guys, again, shameless plug. We had somebody in the Discord who uh, may or may not know some people at Boise who said, Halani's going to go off this week. Sure enough, Halani went off his first big game there in almost two years. Wyoming is very poor defensively against the run. I think Halani is a sneaky play if you hadn't lost faith and dropped him already. Yeah, I think it, you probably shouldn't have dropped him, but he has not been startable all year. Um, I He's another guy that I was definitely considering for this list here. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I'm a crazy man. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, my next start, I have Jalen Warren. Uh, he has not gone over 100 yards in his last three outings. Uh, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Kansas. Uh, but they get TCU. Uh, TCU's defense has not been very good all year. Uh, you know, it's hard to say what that team is going to do. They responded very well last week against Baylor. Um, you know, are they going to come out with that same fire this week? I don't know, but either way, I think it's a get right game here for Jalen Warren. Yeah. I mean, they, it, TCU gave up 120 something to Abram Smith last week for Baylor, the 114th ranked rush defense in the country. I believe I also have Jalen Warren. So back to you. Oh, well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have Taekwon Thornton. Um, Look, Oklahoma's pretty weak uh, against against outside wide receivers. Um, you know, like Nate Marquise has said uh, on Twitter the other week. Um, and Tyquan Thornton's been really good. Uh, he went uh, five for 121 and two last week. Uh, he's been up and down, but he's had a couple games over 100 yards here. I, I think he has another big one in store. Uh, next up for me, Brian Robinson Jr. and Roy Dow Williams. I'm starting them both. I'm well, yes, I'm starting them both. Brian, I mean, Bama really struggled this past week to run the ball. You know that that's what Nick Saban is going to want to do this week against the cupcake that is New Mexico State. And that game could get out of hand early enough that Roydell Williams gets in. So that Roydell is a desperation play. But Brian Robinson, I think, is a slam dunk. Yeah, I think Robinson's a slam dunk this week, too. Um, my last start here. Uh, he's a guy that you may have to pick up off the waiver wire here, but uh, it's Jake Bailey, wide receiver for Rice. Uh, he had 10 for 143 and 1 and 7 for 143 here in back-to-back -back weeks in the last two weeks. They get Western Kentucky this week. You have to throw the ball to keep up with Western Kentucky. Um, I think he's in line for a big week this week. And if you're in a pinch at wide receiver, um, you know I would definitely consider picking him up here and starting him. Uh, he is only a sophomore as well, I believe. Um, so you can potentially get some years out of him in the future too if you pick him up. It's not like it's just a one-week rental, although it's probably more like a one-week rental. 
It's not a one week rental, but it's probably it might not be a one week rental, but it probably is. All right. Uh, And then my last one here, I'm Jalen Knighton again. There, that offense is humming down there, and Knighton has been putting up big receiving, especially. Um, And I think that gives him a really nice floor, and I think the ceiling is going to be there again uh, this week against uh, Florida State. So, yeah, give me all the Jalen Knighton. All right, Colin, you want to name your 10 here for me? I'll name my 10, and then we will be on our merry way. Yes, sir. I have the Florida QBs, uh, or QB, whichever one starts, Zach Charbonnet, Alton McCaskill, Christian Anderson, B.J. Baylor, Devin Leary, Jalen Warren, Will Shipley, Tyquan Thornton, Jake Bailey. All right, guys, and I have Will Shipley, Braylon Allen, uh, the Kentucky duo, Wandale and Chris Rodriguez, Jameer Gibbs, Nathaniel Dell slash Alton McCaskill, George Halani, uh, the Bama backs, Robinson and Roy Dell, Jalen Knighton, Jalen Warren, and Zach Charbonnet. All right, Colin sits here and i i think we have to preface this before we get too deep into our sits here so i tweeted out a couple hours ago guys there are so many softball matchups this week in college football that it just makes picking out 10 legitimate sits difficult like because with the with the um with the starts we can kind of say you know go add jake bailey jake bailey and play him this week we can't say go pick up this bum and sit him on your bench. I mean, I guess that works, but it's <laughs> not really cheating. helpful to anybody. And that's what we are here for. So, I mean, listen to some of these matchup guys. Well, first off, I'm starting all my Mac guys if I got them. Yeah. And that's like the point of the season that we're at for those guys. We've got like UNC Pitt. Since he plays USF, like SMU plays UCF. I, I'm Wisconsin plays Northwestern, uh, Alabama at New Mexico State, Florida Samford, Clemson Yukon, Army Bucknell, Western Kentucky Rice, Utah's at Arizona, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Miami at Florida State, uh, USC takes on Cal, Georgia, well, sorry, Tennessee. I mean, you're just going to be the latest in the the, the dump <laughs> trucking there. Um, I mean, it's just like Van- Kentucky Vanderbilt. It's just not a great week to to have some top guys. You're going to be the decision is going to be who do I start between like these top options, not who am I sitting because they have a shitty matchup. So we each I have five. Colin, how many did you manage to get? Um, I have six, but one is a caveat. Okay. Okay, so I mean, we don't have a lot of names here, guys. So we didn't just want to sit here and blow smoke up your ass with like five or six names that we don't really believe in. So these these are the names that we're going to go with. Um, I'll kick this one off. I'm sitting Hendon Hooker this week. I'm sitting Hendon Hooker just because there are there there are bound to be better options for you. They play Georgia. That is just the defensive death sentence. I know that that Hooker possesses a lot of upside because he's dual threat. Could that game be over at halftime and Hooker get some garbage time stuff going? Sure. I think that's possible. I'm not going to bet my playoff run on it. So I'm sitting hand in Hooker this week, and there are leagues where I have Hooker. I'm not starting him in any of them. I also have hand in Hooker. I have a bad feeling some of our our list might be very similar. If you only have five guys, I only have five guys. (laughs) See, I was really hoping you were going to have 10, and I was just going to be like, all right, I'm going to co-sign a couple of Collins. And then Uh, you were like, I'm having such a hard time. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, yes, I also am sitting hand in hooker. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. All right. So here, here's another one, Colin. I, I'm wondering if you have this one. I'm sitting Carson Strong this week. Oh, I do not have that one. Yeah. So I think we all know that for Carson Strong to be a big, like he doesn't, he, there's no rushing upside. We're not going to get a discussion about that right now, but that, that limits him. You have, he has to have a big game passing for him to be a start worthy option for you in this high scoring college football game. They play San Jose state. They have a decent defense. And the other big factor that's limiting for me is that if there is no cool Turner, I think defenses are going, the defense is going to be able to just cue in on dubs who he's who dubs is going to get like 50 targets. So I, I think this is just setting up to be a game where like, if you start Carson strong, you're going to be seriously disappointed by what he gives you. Yeah, I follow that logic. I like that. He's not a, this is not a matchup where I would feel great starting Carson strong if I'm in the playoffs. So yeah, I'll get behind that. Um, I'll start with my caveat one here. And that is Don Tavian wicks. I am sitting him if Armstrong can't go. Um, it's kind of up in the air whether he doesn't play, at, whether he plays. And I'm not starting Wicks if Armstrong's not out there because they play Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a middle of the pack defense, um, so this is one. This is one to keep an eye on here. So that's why I also didn't feel as bad when you said you only had five and I have six plus Wicks. I was like, all right, that's that works. I have Wicks as one of my five. So oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same reasons. Gotcha. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> um, all right. I'll go with my next one here. This is a fan favorite. Uh, this is one I've been going to the well on a lot, but don't be tempted by this matchup. It's South Carolina running backs. They play Missouri this week. It's a very, very soft matchup. I still don't trust them. Harris and White also had over 100 yards last week each and would not have been starts because, like we said, our start threshold is different in college. So I don't really trust any of these guys. You know, Harrison White had led the backfield last, you know, last week, but, you know, Juju McDowell's back. Maybe he gets a bunch of carries. Maybe Marshawn Lloyd gets a bunch of carries. It's a hot hand approach. I don't trust any of these guys. I did not have that one. Um, so there we go. We, we got some some other differentiators here. Um so I'm sitting Cameron rising this week. And I know I just said that Utah plays Arizona. You know, that's a really juicy matchup. This is going to be another Tavion Thomas week, guys. And like, it honestly wouldn't shock me if like Pledger or Bernard has like three touchdowns between the two of them too. Like, Arizona just is trash. Like they, they barely were able to do anything against a Cal team that was missing upwards of 50 players due to COVID this past week. And Cal is like a wow, terrible. that many? Yes, it was a lot, including wow. their starting quarterback. Well, I knew, and, his, I knew the starting quarterback. Yeah, like <laughs> embarrassing, embarrassing performance. Um, and like I, we we kind of saw Cameron Rising get game scripted out this past week for them against. Um, uh, I watched that game. I don't know why I can't think of who it was. It doesn't matter. He got game scripted out. Davion Thomas had four touchdowns in the first half. It was over. Uh, Stanford. Yes, um, I, so I can't remember who it was. We we both just had the stupidest look on our yeah. face, guys, as we were sitting here trying to think of this. Um, so I, I'm sitting Cameron Rising again this week. Um, I am sitting Javon Halai. Uh, look, he's been great, and he's probably been one of the guys that you've leaned on week in and week out to get you to the playoffs. But if McCall is out, I don't think you can trust him. Um, I. Would have said likely as well, but tight end is so barren at times that I'm probably still trotting out likely, and you probably don't have a better option. But if you do, I would go somewhere else other than likely. 
I have a playoff team that has Isaiah Likely and Cole Turner. I thought I was sitting really pretty at tight end, and now I'm kind of kind of hating my life. Um, who's, last, your, who's your next option? I don't remember. It's not like good. no one that I would want. It's <laughs> yes, they're not memorable enough for me to uh, fair enough to have. Uh, and then my last one is David Bailey. Uh, we've talked. We we've said he's a start a couple times on the yeah. show before, and he's he's had his nice weeks, but. Uh, CSU plays Air Force. They're a top ten rush defense this year, guys. Um, and I, I Colorado State just kind of do do. I, I think this is a game script scenario. It's going to be a low scoring game. Air Force is going to win. I mean, just nothing's going to be going for him. Uh, I am sitting Letty Brown again. Uh, K State's the twentieth best run defense. You know he's had a rough stretch here. the The Big Twelve has some good run defenses. Um, K-State's a 20th best run defense. They give 117.3 rush yards per game. Uh, Letty Brown went 10 for 24 and two catches for 10 yards last week against Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't I don't see this being another good matchup for him here. Yeah, we both had him as a sit last week, so we nailed that one. Um, and then do you have one more name, Colin? Uh, I do. Um, I am sitting Hassan Haskins. Uh, Penn State's run defense, it's gotten back on track a little bit here. Um, I mean, they got gashed fairly good by Travion uh the week two weeks ago but who doesn't get gashed by Travion uh they held him in check early in that game and then he kind of started breaking out later uh they held Maryland in check now not that Maryland's a particularly strong running team but the run defense looks like it's gotten back on track a little bit here I expect this game to be very low scoring overall um and even with Corum out I think you have to rely on a couple touchdowns for Haskins, and I don't know if he gets those. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, again, guys, we said this was going to be an abbreviated list, but yeah. um, my my group here: Hendon Hooker, Carson Strong, Dontavian Wicks, Cameron Rising, and David Bailey. I'm starting none of those guys, and then obviously, guys, pay attention to some of those injuries we spoke about earlier. Colin, uh, who's on your list? Uh, I have um, Dontavian Wicks, South Carolina running backs, Hendon Hooker, Javon Halai, Letty Brown, Hassan Haskins. All right, guys, that is going to do it uh, for this week. Uh, again, good luck with all your fantasy matchups. Hopefully you're tuning back in again next week because you won. That would be, that would be uh, preferred. Um, yeah. Check out all of the other great things we've got going on over at campusdecant.com, including the Discord. Uh, we've got some giveaways coming up in there. Um, everybody likes signed things. Um, so if you are a member and you're not in the discord, uh, feel free to, to tune in there. Cause that is the only place you're going to be eligible, uh, uh, to join in on that. Um, check out all of the other great podcasts we have Alfred, uh, and Chris is why wait till Sunday. We've got the fantasy football Roundtable, uh, Debbie debate as well. Uh, guts and data. I think, uh, will and Chris, uh, have out there. Um, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. remember if they did one last week or not. I didn't see it. Um, Regardless, we've got the live shows on Saturday, guys. The tailgate from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Standard Time, and then uh, coast to coast at night, uh, previewing and then wrapping up the day's action. We've got articles on the site, guys. We've got our player metrics. We've got rankings. They'll be updated uh, Tuesday here. So if you're listening to this, uh, they are up and ready to go. Until next time, guys, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.